It is Wednesday, November 9th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. The latest college football playoff rankings are out. And the Colts passed a controller to a someone playing on rookie mode. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. There is a new top four in college football. The Indianapolis Colts name a new offensive play caller. And the Raiders punting on a first-round pick. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? We'll start with the college football playoff rankings. Not that there's any drama, AJ, at the top, but I think it's interesting as we get later and later into the season how the odds to win the national championship and how the odds to make the playoffs adjust as we look at the rankings. So here's where we are right now. Georgia's number one. That's no debate. Ohio State 2, Michigan 3. Those two teams are going to play each other. We assume we'll knock one of them out. TCU undefeated 9-0 and is number 4. Tennessee 5 at 8-1. Oregon 6. LSU 7. USC 8. Alabama down to 9. And Clemson rounds out your top 10. Georgia is pretty much a lock, in my opinion, AJ, to make the college football playoff because... I anticipate them going into the SEC championship game undefeated. And if that's the case, win or lose, they're going to get into the college football playoff. I think we agree on that, right? I agree. And I think the sports books agree as well because the odds on Georgia to make the college football playoff, minus 2,500. That, that, feels, uh, that feels preordained. Would this be one of those like Fez-type Bets where you just say it's, it's <laughs> let the book hold your money for a little bit. It, it's then... a, it's yeah, it's one of those like where it's it's going to gain some interest. Listen, all Georgia has to do is get to the SEC championship game without a loss. If Georgia shows up at the SEC championship game against LSU or Ole Miss, and they 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 walk in the door before mm-hmm. the game starts with the zero next to their and name, and they are yeah. there's a zero by there They're on the right side. They are going regardless of what happens in that game. And with Mississippi State, Kentucky, and Georgia Tech left on the schedule, I'm going to say they're a deserved favorite for that to happen. So Ohio State and Michigan play each other in a couple of weeks. That game is going to be in Columbus. So Ohio State will be favored in that game. And those odds are reflected in the odds to make the playoffs. Ohio State right now is minus 650 to make the playoffs, Michigan is plus 140 to make the playoffs because the only way that Michigan is getting in, in all likelihood, is if they beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten. I can't picture a scenario in which Michigan loses to Ohio State, even if it's, let's say, by a last-second field goal or by a two-point conversion in overtime, Michigan with one loss doesn't even play for their conference championship gets into the playoff, I don't see it happening. I don't see that happening either. I think I'll I'll be quite honest here, and you you may disagree with me on this one, but I think between Ohio State and Michigan, they're in the same boat. All they've got to do is show up to the Big Ten championship game with a zero by their name, and they're in. If they lose the Big Ten championship game, I still think really Ohio State or Michigan would get in with one loss. Because I, I don't the, know about that. After the SEC, the Big Ten is so far and away so, the next so, best conference. So if if Ohio State, who's nine and zero right now, goes into the Big Ten championship game at what twelve and zero, twelve right? and zero, and then loses to Illinois, yeah. You would still put Ohio State yes. in the college football playoff? Yes. Ohio State would have beaten Notre Dame. Uh, they would have beaten Michigan. Would have Michigan. They would have beaten Penn State. They dog-stomped Iowa. I mean, they they did enough. Like, I, I think you'd have to look at them and go, you know what? Yeah. One loss. I guess it, they, they'd it, be by far the best one-loss team in the country. I don't necessarily agree with that. It would depend on how everything else plays out because I can make the argument that Tennessee – 
could be the best one-loss team in the country. Tennessee losing to Georgia at Athens is probably the best loss out of anybody in college football right now. In fact, Tennessee's odds to make the college football playoff, they're minus 240 to the yes, even though they're not in control of their own, they're not in control of their own path to get there because they're not going to play in the SEC championship. And that's the big difference to me. If whoever it is, Ohio State or Michigan, if they got to the Big Ten championship game and lost, they would be 12 and one. Tennessee would be 11 and one because they didn't even win their division. So I think that the committee would look at that and go, you know what? They they played an extra one, game. What's one more win when you have a loss to an Illinois team or you have a loss to Georgia in Athens? Tennessee also has a win over Alabama. They would have the best win and the best loss in the country. I mean, in this scenario, Michigan would have or Ohio State would have a win over the other. So that would be it'd be an elite win as well. Beating Alabama is better than beating Ohio State. Alabama's got two losses now. Alabama's not even in consideration. They're dead. They're gone. Forget about Alabama. They they, they no longer LSU beat Alabama. So now Florida State beat LSU. So Florida like it doesn't work there. Alabama's donezo. Forget hey, about hey, Alabama. Hey. They're only minus five thousand. Yeah, not yeah. to make it. Yeah, Alabama. They're not going to make the. They've got a three percent chance now to make the playoff. Dead. So. I do think that the committee would likely reward a team who played in their conference championship game over a one-loss team who didn't even play in that game. Next up, let's look at the Pac-12. Oregon. Which, by the way, Pac-12 is the most interesting scenario. Yes. Like, these t- the UCLA-USC game next weekend. It's an elimination game. It's awesome because it's like another playoff game. Well, yeah, because the winner of that game is going to the Pac-12 championship. Yeah. Literally. USC right now has Colorado. They're going to stomp them. Then they play against UCLA. UCLA, meanwhile, before they they have Arizona, Arizona, they're going to stomp them. And then they have USC. Both teams will go into that game with just one loss in the conference. So unless you're telling me, and, and USC's final game is against Notre Dame, that won't matter for the conference standings. UCLA has to play Cal. I don't see them losing to Cal. USC, it does matter for the the chances of going to the playoff. Correct. Because if USC loses to Notre Dame, uh, and they're the two, they're a Pac-12 champion, but with two losses, not going. To they're the not going to the playoff. No. But that will be to go to the Pac-12 title game. USC UCLA winner to is will be playing for the right to go to the Pac-12 title game, where they will likely face off against Oregon. Although I will say this now, Oregon is not in. Oregon has three. Tricky games left on their schedule. Starting this weekend with Washington, that's a rivalry game. That's a tough game to play. Pac-12 at night, wild things happen. Utah is still really good, and Utah knocking off Oregon would make Utah's season at this point. Utah, Utah whatever happens, Utah's, has been a Utah's disappointment. Still, they have a, they're a one loss. They they have two losses, but they only have one loss. One Pac-12 loss. Yeah, and then at Oregon State. Is never a free square. No, the for Civil Oregon. War game is always a, always a battle. So Oregon still has work to do, but they are they are in control of things right well, now. Well, the odds are in their favor right now. Oregon is plus three hundred, a twenty two percent implied odds to make it to the college football playoff. USC would be next at plus four fifty with a fifteen percent chance. UCLA is plus six hundred eleven percent chance. I think Oregon has the best case out of all these Pac-12 teams, and it's for a similar reason as I talked about with Tennessee. Oregon's only loss, assuming they finish the season, on uh, went out. They would be a one-loss Pac-12 champion, and their only loss is the first game of the season on a neutral field, albeit not a neutral field because it was in Atlanta, against Georgia, the defending champs, the number one undefeated team, the best team in the country. That, like Tennessee, is the best loss in the country. And for Tennessee, I think losing at Athens is better than losing at, you know, a neutral site because, you know, it's very it's much harder to win on someone else's home field, especially a team like Georgia. But we always talk about this in college football every single year. It's better to lose early than lose late. And for Oregon to lose the first game of the season – and then win 12 straight games, the committee's going to put them in the playoff. A one-loss Oregon Pac-12 champion is in. I, I agree with that. 
I will say I can see a good and again this if this were to if this were to be the case if these two teams both went out they'd play each other anyway so it won't matter but I think you could make a, an even better case for resume for for USC because USC you're right the the impressive loss factor is there for mm-hmm. Oregon but if USC wins their big non-conference game which would be Notre Dame you'd be looking at a USC team that would be 12 or 11 and 1 and their one loss was on a two well, point well 12 and 1 cuz they would beat Oregon in the Pac-12 yeah, championship game but they their one loss would be a two point conversion correct at Utah on the road at, losing at the a toughest the toughest road game in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. so i think you could make a good but again if this were to happen there there won't be any discussion of who who deserves it more USC or Oregon because if they both went yeah. out, they'll play think, each other. I think the I think one loss Pac-12 champion, whether it's USC or Oregon or UCLA, I think they're they're below them. Uh, but if the, if US, if UCLA runs the table and wins the Pac-12, they will be in the playoff. I don't necessarily agree with that. Okay, because I, although the one thing you can say about UCLA. Is that they would be a twelve and one Pac twelve champion who avenged their only loss yep. to Oregon. Yeah. That's assuming that they play Oregon in the Pac twelve championship game. Now, I think UCLA needs to play Oregon in the Pac twelve championship game. Because if Oregon falls, and you mentioned the tough road that Oregon has, yep. if Oregon falls, the UCLA loss looks be- looks worse. And UCLA will not have a chance to avenge that loss in the championship right. game. UCLA needs to play Oregon in the Pac-12 title game, avenge that loss. This way they can say, hey, we beat everybody on our schedule. And I'll tell you one thing that's hard to find. Go find the teams that have massive wins on the road. There's just very few of them. Mm-hmm. Like when you're talking about resumes and we talk about USC losing at Utah, when we talk about UCLA losing at Oregon, like almost every team's, and I, I, it makes sense, but all these teams have struggled away from home. And like mm-hmm. when, when teams have had a loss, and Michigan's loss is going to be at Ohio State. You know, you boy, you just say it like it's already written. You sound like everybody last year. So let it be written. So let it be done. You sound like everybody last year. Well, and and that's then, why I feel like it's a foregone conclusion this year. I don't know, man. This is a more dynamic Michigan team and a less dynamic Ohio State team than a year ago. You know what's fan- you know what's uh, really interesting is that the odds when you look at to make the playoff right now, and you have Ohio State at minus six fifty, and then Michigan at plus one forty. Michigan is the fourth best odds to make the college football playoff, but I don't think there's a way that they get in if they lose to Ohio State. And if you look at the no, the no is minus one seventy five. What's the money line? On Ohio State hosting Michigan, can you do a uh, can you do a, a one of those conversions, McKenzie? Let's say Ohio State's probably nine point favorites at home. Yeah, one second. I'll consult my chart here. All right. Is there a game of the year line out for that already? I'm sure. I'm sure there is. Yeah, I bet we could find that. It's only a couple weeks away now. So let's see. Michigan Ohio State line. Uh, Ohio State thirteen and a half. Oh my god! Wait, is that correct? Yeah, fourteen. Oof, is this right? 14 at DraftKings? Oh, my God. Let me see. Let me see. Please let me get it. Is that current or preseason? I'm going to drive to Michigan. if they're, I'm going to drive to Arizona, I mean, and bet on Michigan if they're 14-point dogs. Let me see. Let me see if it's out. Ohio State. I'm trying to see here. I'm on DraftKings right now. No, I don't have a line for that game. Okay. Oof. If you were telling me 14, no. I was going to leave the show right now and drive to Arizona. I would like there's, There should be a game of the year line out, though. I, I, well, McKenzie can can research that, but because this is what I'm thinking, okay. Bet Michigan no to make the playoffs at minus one seventy five, because it's directly correlated to the Ohio State game, and you get the bonus opportunities of maybe they suffer a hiccup along the way to Illinois or to I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess if they play Illinois a second time in the in the Big Ten championship game, whoever Ohio State minus nine would translate to around a minus three fifty plus two seventy. And line. so right now, I can get Ohio. Basically, I basically I'm taking Ohio State at minus one seventy five. Or on the other side, if you like Michigan, you could take Ohio State no plus four fifty. Well, no, because 
Unless they could get in as a wild card? No, because I think that – If I, Michigan beats Ohio State, they're not going to play in the uh, the Big Ten Championship. But then Ohio State – but then wouldn't I take uh, – what's the money line? Wouldn't I be better off taking the money line be Michigan versus Ohio State? About plus 350 is what McKenzie's uh, math but says. But now if I parlay, like if I ha- – it would, it would be – you would need – well, I guess the, you would only need the one loss. Yeah. I guess I'm saying the minus yeah. 175 is a better bet because I got four games now. That Michigan has an opportunity to lose. Uh, okay. I'm, well, I know they're not going to lose to Nebraska. They're not going <laughs> to lose. I'm just saying, at minus 175, it's directly tied into the Ohio State game. So I'm already getting Ohio State at better money line value at minus 175 instead of minus 350. And I get the bonus opportunity of having three other games that they get to play that maybe they can lose. Listen, I just saw Ohio State almost lose to Northwestern. I'm not looking to I'm not looking for any kind of big wager that they're gonna win out. I I certainly do not trust this Ohio State team right now. I I, I want to see what the number will be on Michigan. Like I said, my power ratings would make it because I've got Ohio State about seven better in power ratings. I assume two and a half for for home, so I, I bet it's nine and a half, ten. If it's anything more than ten, I will one hundred percent be on Michigan. So it's about even money now. Who are you guys taking, Georgia or the field, to win the national championship? To win the national championship plus one hundred is our consensus. Georgia odds. The field. I'll take Georgia. Ooh, cross money. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Georgia versus the field. I, I, I think this Georgia team is just so good. I mean, it, listen, I fell under the trap last week too. I, I thought Tennessee. Yeah, this is a team that could really be kryptonite to Georgia. Now, like Tennessee's offense that looked like the best offense in the world, mm-hmm. it, it looked like someone stole their catalytic converter overnight. <laughs> uh, it, it was just dead. So, I, yeah. I, if you had to make a bet now on a team to win the national championship, forget about like just looking at the current odds. And I'm not talking about Georgia versus the field, but current odds as a way, like kind of like we did yesterday when we talked about betting the Ravens to win the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. and then being able to hedge off of that once they get to the playoffs. Is there a team out there looking at the odds right now to win the national championship that you would bet on now that you could hedge off of and guarantee yourself some money should they make the playoff? I really if it's a Pac-12 team, you can get Oregon 28 to 1, USC 55 to 1, UCLA 100 to 1. UCLA 100 to 1 is the, the team that I was going to say because I, I think the way that they're playing right now, they are so hot right now. I could see them winning out. I would just take all three of those teams. Just just bet all you'll, three. you'll be able to find your way out of it eventually. Just, just bet all three of the Pac-12 teams. And then and worst then, case scenario, watch Utah somehow just beat everybody. Yeah. And, <laughs> and none of these Pac-12 teams make the playoffs. Utah's 150 to one, but they wouldn't make it. No, no. yeah. So uh, why not just let's take a put a, put put something on all three of these Pac-12 teams? UCLA 100 to one, USC 55 to one, Oregon 28 to one, and then if one of them has is a one loss team that gets to the college football playoff. They're probably going to be the four seed going up against Georgia. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll just bet Georgia money line. Yeah, or whatever it is. Well, the Georgia money line will be pretty massive, be pretty substantial. Well, against those it, teams. Well, yeah, because especially let's just say if it's Oregon, uh, Georgia, Oregon on a neutral site, fourteen. We already saw fourteen, was, seventeen. Maybe it was sixteen the first game. Of oh the God, year. it might. Yeah, it might be seventeen, eighteen, twenty. I think there'd be a slight adjustment. It would be more in favor of Oregon. It would be closer to like 14, 13 and a half. That's what it I won't be under be. two touchdowns. Mm, remember, it's a what have you done for me lately? Yeah. And, and Georgia will have what have you done for me lately? Beat the shit out of Tennessee. Beat the shit out of whoever they play in the like, West oh, in, I guess LSU, in the SEC championship right? game. Beat LSU. Yeah. Or Ole Miss, whoever it is. Uh, but yeah. Some of the other teams that we haven't talked about yet. And this is really a team that kind of controls their own destiny is TCU, 35-1. to 1. All TCU has to do is win the rest of their games, and they're in the playoff. I don't think they're going to do that. You like the Frogs more than I do. Do yeah. you see TCU as a playoff team? Right now they're plus 700 to make the college world playoff. That is a 10% implied probability that they make it. I think you're better off just betting TCU in every game. Well, I mean, t- t- what's TCU's money, seven, line, money line this point, weekend? They're seven-point dogs this weekend. So might as well just bet them this weekend uh, and 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 then roll it over every week. Yeah, if you bet TCU this weekend, you're getting plus 235. Okay, so plus 235 <laughs> win. Now I'm at 335. Right. right? And now it, I'm at Baylor. 
That's going to be a close line. It will be a close line. All right. So let's say it's uh, – would you make Baylor a favorite in that game? No. Okay. TCU. Baylor's only two and a half hosting Kansas State this weekend. Okay. So, so let's go TCU minus three? I, I think it's probably TCU minus two. I, I, yeah, you're probably – it'll be under three, but right around. All right. So TCU minus 135. Although if, if TCU beats Texas at Texas, maybe that changes. All right. So TCU minus 140. Okay. Whatever. Uh, let's just call it minus 135. So now I got my 335. Now my payout is 583. So now I got 583. We're doing a mechanical parlay here. Now it's verse. Now it's at home against Ohio State. I got five. Iowa State. Iowa State. And, and I, I, Iowa State. I've got power rated about nine points below. So nine and TCU. a half point line. And I, I would say at TCU, it's probably ten. All right, we'll call it minus three forty-five. Okay. All right, so let's go five eighty-five. Now I'm at seven fifty-four. That's before. The That's Big better. 12 championship game. Yeah, so don't bet plus 700. That's before the Big 12 championship game. Yeah. <laughs> you get plus 754 before the Big 12 championship because game. Because this is the thing about TCU. If they win out, they're they're going to the playoff. Yes. If they if they lose one game, they're they not. are not going to the playoff. So There's not going to be a one-loss Big 12 champion in the playoff. Like, it's just not going to happen. Mechanical that. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. You make a good point here. So, uh, and then LSU and Ole Miss, who are in a position where if they if they just take care of their own business, then and now taking care of their own business, of course, involves eventually beating Georgia, which you know on paper that, that sounds pretty doable, right? Yeah, and in reality, it's tough. But uh, if LSU wins out, they're in. They control their own destiny now. I, Ole Miss obviously needs some help because they have that head-to-head loss to LSU, but LSU already does have one loss in conference. So if, if LSU slips up once, Ole Miss wins out, they're in. That starts with a win against Alabama this mm-hmm. week, although who knows where Alabama's headspace is. So the SEC West is pretty intriguing. W- what's funny is the two teams that were talked about the most at the beginning of the season to win the SEC West, one is Alabama, who I've just said is – out of contention. The other is Texas A&M, who's an absolute corpse. Yep. Texas A&M, who's sitting at one and five. They were the second favorites to win the SEC West. They're they're literally a dead body in a ditch somewhere right now. You, so you, you can't bet. They might not make a bowl. You can't bet Ole Miss at eighty to one or LSU at forty to one because well, they're not going to be Georgia. Well, and in the same vein, if you think about this, if like we just talked about the mechanical parlays, if you like. Ole Miss at plus twenty five hundred to make the playoff. Okay, we'll just bet them money line against Alabama, then bet them money line at Arkansas. Yeah, then bet them money line against pl- Mississippi they're, State. They're plus three sixty this week. Yeah, against and then, uh, and, Alabama, and then take that and bet that money line against Georgia, which will be massive. That's same thing, plus probably plus four hundred, but yeah. maybe more than that. Yeah, and you're going to get better than plus twenty five hundred. So, yeah, I, I don't know that there's a great way to get at this. Like you said, I, I think maybe if you're... I think the best bet, honestly, is is Michigan. No, minus one seventy five. Oh, and I think Michigan is very. I think you're way more alive than you think they are. So, Michigan's the last few weeks. Michigan's been better than Ohio State. Like, did you not see the Ohio State Northwestern game? They're waiting. They're oh, waiting to turn it on. Like they waited till the last two minutes of the game to They're finally waiting <laughs> to turn it on. Ohio State at this point is like an it's like the, it's like an NBA team in the regular season. It's like the Warriors in the regular season. <laughs> they know they're getting to the playoffs. It doesn't matter. They'll turn it on when they need to. You sound like Ohio State fan one year ago today. And how did Ohio State do in the playoff last year? Oh, they weren't invited. Why not? Undefeated, baby. Because Michigan beat them. That's why. To the NFL, where the Indianapolis Colts, who made a interesting head coaching hire yesterday, we talked about. They made a decision yesterday after our show on. We said, "Well, who's going to call plays? Nobody on this team, nobody on this staff has ever called plays in the NFL before." Well, assistant quarterbacks coach Parks Frazier, Parks and Rec, thirty years old will be calling the Colts offense on Sunday. And this feels a little bit like the kid who's watched you play Madden for a while. And he's finally like, I want to, your little brother. He's like, I want to play. He's been watching you and your buddies play. And he's like, I want to play. 
and you say, okay, let's give the kid a turn. Boy, the first time you get handed the sticks in Madden, you, you usually take your medicine. I feel like this could be a really rough start to the Jeff Saturday era in Indianapolis. So here's what we know about Parks Frazier, a former quarterback at Murray State. Okay. Uh, has an an undergraduate degree in computer science, and according to ESPN.com, is considered among the leaders on the staff in the use of technology and data. He also has worked closely behind the scenes the past year plus with Sam Ellinger. Okay. Well, he is the pass game coordinator. That would make sense. So maybe he's got a little uh, camaraderie there with Ellinger, a little trust there with Ellinger, and that's why they decided to go with this guy. Oh, well, trusting Sam Ellinger can only lead to massive success would be – no. Well, I asked you this yesterday. Do we look at the under in this game? Like, I don't trust the Raiders right now. I asked you if you wanted to bet the Raiders. I don't want to bet the Raiders. No, I still don't want to bet the Raiders. What I want to bet is a lack of points in this game. Because if you're you're telling me a first time play caller is going up against a, a team that's been basically dead in the water offensively the last couple of weeks, I, it, this feels like a low scoring game to me. I can't see the Colts winning this game. I would like to. It's hard to put my faith in the two win Raiders, but I think there's a lot of people that are down on this team, but they still have had 17 point leads. In three of their losses this year, so bet him in the first half. Maybe that's the move. Like, you don't you think said, you just said something smart? Don't you think the the toughest thing, the toughest time for this Colts offense to really get going is going to be early in the game? Like, no, because I think the easiest time is going to be when this when guy Parks Frazier scripts the first ten to fifteen plays. You trust Parks Frazier to script the first ten to fifteen plays? I trust him to have plays scripted. Okay, <laughs> and then making adjustments? No. I think he's going to be absolutely shell-shocked when he realizes whatever the Raiders are doing to them defensively and whatever's not working for them offensively, and he's trying to figure out how to adjust the play calling, which he's never done before. McKenzie, I think there's an issue. What kind of uh, what kind of number are we looking at for a first half in that game? Six for the total. First half, you can get three at DraftKings. Usually three and a half is the more common number. I'd certainly want to pay. I'd want to pay the extra 15 cents. And, and, to get the three. And get the three. Raiders favorite at home. I guess it's the the extra ten cents, but yeah, I'd pay that that three. Uh, but I think maybe, th- th- am I seeing this right? A total of twenty one in the first half. Correct. I think I'd look at under twenty one. Do you do you really think Parks and Parks and Rec is going to go out there and be like, you know what, we're going balls out the first fifteen plays, we're chucking the ball around? No, this guy, it's the kid who just got handed the sticks. He's going to be conservative because if he loses by forty. He's out of the game. You you can't play anymore if he, if, if he gets mercy ruled. He, so he wants to keep the game close early on. That seems that makes sense to me. Yeah, you, you can't exactly quit the game when you're losing, and and you know because it affects your Madden rating. Yeah, so he's not going to want to do that. But when you're Mackenzie, what's the rules with you? You're <laughs> playing with your boys. Twenty eight nothing. You give up the sticks, right? Come on, man. You got other games to play. This is non competitive. Yeah. What are we doing here? Colts thirty second in the league in first quarter scoring. 1.1 points per game in the first quarter. They are 30th in second quarter scoring at 3.3 points per game. Let's go ahead and lock that in now. First half under uh, 20. You know what? Can we go? Can we dig a little further? Can you find me a Colts team total in the first half? Wow. Yes. How di- how deep can we dig here? Because it, like. If we're seeing, give me under, give me under under nine and a half, maybe. Give me under. What are we What are we going to go with? We'll We'll find this out. Not we're we're making the sausage here on air. All right. But, so let's see what we have. Uh, huh. Total points. Race to certain amount of points. I don't know if I have a team total here. I got spread. I got total. So it looks like Bet Online doesn't have their up. They usually have first half. They team have totals. every other game up, don't they? But if you do the math, just on the spread and the first half total, it looks like nine about would be the Colts' expectation. Well, I can't. Well, yeah, like what's the and what's the te- the team total for the Colts for the game is seventeen and a half. Yeah, so eight nine. 
Yeah. Well, if I can't bet it, then I guess it doesn't matter. So I'll just go under 21 in the first half here. But, but uh, that's something that will be out on on game day. These books are you know nervous on those kind of types of stuff. So sometimes you get a good nose for something. Keep an eye out. All right. Well, maybe that's the move. Okay. You've convinced me. I'll wait too. Boy, 21 feels like a lot of points. So, and you telling me this about how the Colts last in first quarter scoring, 30th in second quarter scoring. What a garbage first half team this is. So I, I can't believe that this guy's calling plays. I mean, what, what, what? I mean, who what, does this? The whole, thing is, wreck. the whole thing is wild, honestly. And there's been a lot of, like, of course, as, as it would be in 2022, the conversation has turned to race now. McKenzie does, does. Holy crap. I'm reading Parks Frazier. His home was damaged in a shooting in 2019 where 77 rounds were fired into. No residents were home. No injuries were reported. The targeting of Frazier's house was later ruled as a mistake. So he's mobbed up is what you're saying. This guy's hardcore. No I mean, wonder he got the job. What is going on in the mean streets of Indianapolis? <laughs> no 70 rounds? 77 rounds. Now it's Wikipedia, and anybody can edit anything on Wikipedia. So I don't what, know. What were you going to ask, AJ? I was going to ask if, if Jim Irsay strikes you as a guy who's uh, like, if, if this strikes you as a, a racially motivated move to give it like a good old boy move to give Jeff Saturday the job. I mean, he's obviously good friends with him. That's why he w- would want him. But he does get a little bit of credit for hiring Tony Dungy. Hiring Jim Caldwell among owners, he gets more credit than I, most. More uh, benefit. I was going to say, who who's hired two black head coaches yeah. other other than Ursa? Might be the only owner ever. Why doesn't he just hire Jim Caldwell back? Jim That's Caldwell, what people are saying. Jim people Caldwell are saying was a good he could head be, coach. Uh, Jeff Saturday could be a little interim, and maybe Caldwell next year. It's, it's I wouldn't rule it out, I, but I really think there has to be a change at GM because I don't know what. I, listen, Frank Reich. I, I I firmly believe Frank Reich is a good coach. I think Frank Reich's next job, he will succeed. He'll probably be an OC again. I think he'll have success. Winning record. And I think he'll be a head coach again. And in the right situation, I think he'll succeed. The fact that he has a winning record with the with the hand he's been dealt at quarterback mm-hmm. is almost miraculous. All right. So I got odds on the next head coach of the Colts. Okay. All right. The how do you want to play this? You want me to throw out the favorites, or you you want to? Guess? No, we don't need to play a guessing game. We've right. we've gone on here. We go. we've gone on long enough on this Colts thing. Who cares Fav- about the Colts? The favorite is Mike Kafka. Okay, Mike Kafka, the, the uh, offensive coordinator for the New York Giants, yep. who was with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, second favorite is Greg Roman. Oof. Okay, for the Ravens' offensive coordinator that's uh, such a great job. Uh, yeah, but the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens run one of the most unique offenses. To one player, like if 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 you hire Greg Roman and said, "Hey, Greg Roman, do that thing you're doing in Baltimore," <laughs> and he looks over and sees Sam Ellinger and Matt Ryan, he'll go, right. "Uh, okay." Next up, D'Amico Ryan's. Wow, uh, D'Amico Ryan's is getting a lot of love uh, around the NFL. For as far as being a head coach. I Mc- thought he made a really good decision last year when really early in the process he says, oh, I'm not interviewing for head coaches. I want to study more in the yeah. 49ers system. When clearly it's going to be you know attractive down the road to have said that and have taken that position. Mm-hmm. I agree, but I, I do think him getting more and more experience in San Francisco is a good move. Yep. Uh, I, I don't think that's a – I don't think it's a terrible job. I Here's what I will say. I, 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 you know, D'Amico Ryan saying that is is smart because, and this goes back to the black coaches thing. It seems like very often black coaches will take a job even if they know it's a not a, a winning proposition because how often are they going to be offered this job? And they're like, well, I got to get my foot in the door somehow. Like David Cully said, you know what? I will take that Texans job, even though there was literally zero chance in hell mm. David Cully could succeed at that job. But it's like. Who else is going to offer me this job? There's no one. I got to try it. D'Amico Ryan's, if he's patient, he could land a job that he can really succeed at and have long term, like a long term run. He is very well respected around the league. Now, here's the question Is the Colts that job? Like, is the Colts, like, would you consider the Colts a good landing spot for a first time head coach? I don't think so. I mean, Frank Frank Reich was a first time head coach with the Colts. Like, I think he would probably say, not a great landing spot. I, I was there for four years. I, I had a winning record. I got fired. Mm-hmm. So I, I played with a different quarterback every year I was there. Got fired. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a tough – D'Amico Ryans is going to be a good head coach. I don't know if the Colts would be the place I'd want to start. Uh, next uh, – by the way, does Frank Reich end up like – I don't know. Does he does he go to Jacksonville and reteam up with? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good. That'd yeah. be a good spot for him. Um, I bet. All right. So here we go. Uh, uh, Kellen Moore of the Cowboys is next, and then Eric Bieniemy. Kellen Moore. Yeah. Boy, Kellen Moore. Okay. Yeah, his name's out there, and then Eric Bieniemy every year is going to be named. Eric uh, Bieniemy uh, will always be named, and here, then they'll, you know what they'll say? Not a good interview. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. All right. Long shots. We have four long shots starting at twenty to one. Sean Payton. Boy, it, would Jim Irsay want to open up the pocketbook for Sean Payton? I think Sean Payton's the next coach of the Chargers. Okay, all right. At fifty to one, Peyton Manning. Ooh, I could see Peyton Manning being an OC head coach. I don't GM think so. maybe. It's he, too much work. I, yeah. you know, Mackenzie, you're right. It's it's front office or special bump. assistant. He's not he's not going to be on the sidelines. He's a front office guy. Plus, he's going to make he makes too much money on television. It's it's a less stressful life. I don't think he wants to be a coach. I think he I think he would be a front office guy more so than a coach. Uh, Tony Dungy, fifty to one. No, not going to bring him back. Tony Dungy's got a better job now. All right, <laughs> and, and the longest the longest shot on the board at. Uh, I guess it's ten thousand. It's hundred to one plus. Yeah, hundred to one. Steve Nash. <laughs> no, come on. Who would be the longest shot on the board to be the next Colts head coach? I looked it up. I'm absolving myself. Pat McAfee. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna bring Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, seriously, as my OC. <laughs> yeah, Nathaniel Hackett couldn't do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get Aaron over here. That would be funny, but no, I have no interest in betting on this Colts team. Uh, probably look at ways to bet against them. Speaking of their opponent, the Raiders, Raiders yesterday waived Jonathan Abram, their 27th overall pick from the 2019 draft. They made news this last offseason when that 2019 draft had had three first-round picks. Raiders had three picks, picked up the fifth-year option on zero of them. Mm-hmm. Cleveland Farrell's been a, a full-blown bust. Jonathan Abram, the 27th pick, he got benched earlier this season. I guess they decided they've got no use for him now. Josh Jacobs, probably the guy they're regretting not having one more year of because he's had a breakout season this year. But this looks like another draft where the Raiders just swung and missed at everything. The, the Raiders are – there's a, a long-term rebuild that's going to need to take place with these Raiders – I don't know that Josh McDaniels is the right right guy to be leading them through it, but the Gruden Mayock era did them no favors. Left left them a pretty empty pantry. Here's the Raiders uh, list of first round picks from 2019 to 2021: Cleveland Farrell and Josh Jacobs. As you remit, as you mentioned, fifth year options were declined. Uh, Jonathan Abram has been cut. Damon Arnett has been cut. Henry Ruggs has been cut. <laughs> Alex Leatherwood has been cut. That's wild. That is every first-round pick since 2019 for the Raiders. Man, just a, a disastrous run. How, like, how are the Raiders even? Uh, and the Raiders have been bad this year. How did they make the playoffs last year? Like, imagine just whiffing on every first-round pick year after year, and still being able to put a competitive football team out there. I, I don't know how it's happening. These are all picks under John Gruden, by the way. Yeah, so. the Gruden Mayock era. Yep. Let's have some fun with some NBA. Uh, we'll call it proposition bets, I guess. It could be uh, some fun bets to have here. Uh, Sports Betting AG has these listed up. And, Mackenzie, I figured why not ask you about this since you are our resident NBA guru. Shoot. So let's start with the Kyrie Irving situation. And, and you can bet on when Kyrie will return to the Brooklyn Nets. So based on what you're hearing and reading and whatnot. Sure. When will Kyrie return to the Nets? The favorite is within 11 to 20 games. Is there a will not return option? Correct. That is the second favorite will not return to the Nets at all. I think that is is slightly most likely, though nothing would surprise me. Kyrie met with Adam Silver. Apparently they had a productive meeting and you know respected each other and all that. So I expect him to play in the NBA again. I have a feeling it's not going to be with Brooklyn. Yeah, so within five games is plus 2,500. So uh, within 11 to 20 is plus 125, plus 150 will not return to the Nets. How about this one? Who will be the next head coach fired in the NBA? 
Who would be your guess right now? Ah, that's tough. Like, who's on the hottest Darvin Ham, if he wasn't eight games into his coaching career with the Lakers, would be on the hot seat. <laughs> Darvin Ham is the third favorite at plus 500. It's got to be Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Pistons Casey is the second minus, favorite at plus 450. Not the favorite? Yeah, they've been really disappointing. By the way, speaking of hmm. Darvin Ham, McKenzie, did you see his press conference the other day where he openly admitted about the Lakers' salary issues? And when they asked about why the team's not performing, he basically, and I'm paraphrasing, said, we have three players making the bulk of our salary, and we, we can't bring in any other players. Yeah, it's funny. It's really bad roster. And I usually look at the top three scorers on any team where I start my handicap, my understanding of that team. This might be the one team where it doesn't really matter. They're just so bad, 4-11, to 11, that they can't be a competitive team at this point. Uh, the favorite to be the next head coach fired is Jamal Mosley from the Orlando Magic at plus 4 Hundred. Uh, I had them under 27 and a half. They look terrible. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I bet you nine out of 10 people did not even know who the head coach of the Orlando Magic is. It's not Scott Skiles anymore. I'm, no. I'm 30 one assists of, in the game, though. I'm one of the nine. I'm one of the nine. <laughs> I had no idea who the head coach of the Magic was. Uh, how long ago was Scott Skiles the head coach of the Magic? <laughs> I think I just I pulled that name out of nowhere. He used to coach the Bulls. Yeah. Um, he, Back in the day. Yeah. Did he even coach the Magic or did he just play for the Magic? He, he was, was on NBA Jam. <laughs> he was. He was a weapon uh, from outside. Let's see. No, he did coach the Magic from 2015 to 2016. What a pull. What yeah. a pull by me. Great year for the NBA. Oh, the Magic. Great year for, for South the Florida NBA. basketball. <laughs> yep. Okay. First player in the NBA to score 50 points in a game. McKenzie, if you had to bet on one player, who would it be? Got to be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis is actually plus 750. He is the one, two, three, four, fifth favorite oh, on okay. this list. Steph Curry at 47 the other day. I'm going to go Steph Curry. Steph Curry is your favorite at plus 550. John Morant is the second favorite, followed by Luka Doncic and DeMar DeRozan ahead what are Luca's odds? He's on 35 every night. It just takes a couple three-point luck to get you close to 50. Luca plus 650. If I had to bet it, that's definitely the way I would look, most likely. Because he's at 35 every single night. So, get you there. Jason Tatum, 10 to 1. That would be a fun bet. Yeah, he's averaging 30 a game. Yeah. So, that's what's going on in the NBA fun proposition route. Let's take a look at the NBA tonight. It is a, uh, a nice schedule as the NBA was off yesterday. So, we'll just run through some key games, some nationally televised games. The Knicks will take on the Nets, McKenzie. Brooklyn has been playing well, I guess you can say, in this post-Kyrie era. Uh, what do you make of this with the Nets as a short favorite at home against the Knicks? Yeah, Kevin Durant talking about basketball being a solace for them, brotherhood and the fraternity, and I get it. Yeah, distraction is is nice, but the Nets are 3-30 and 30 ATS the last 33 times they've been a home favorite. So uh, even though it's not really a home game with New York being there, I would only uh, I would pass the game or look at the Knicks plus three. The Bucks lost their first game the other day at Atlanta. They're now 9-1 and one on the season. Do you expect a Milwaukee bounce back? against the Oklahoma City Thunder. I do. It's a good matchup for them. And I would look at the Bucs in the first half, revenging that loss. You get that energy, and the Bucs are just the best first-half team, period. And the Thunder are usually a worse first-half team. So I'd look at the Bucs first half as a way to go. Your second game of the ESPN doubleheader is the Lakers and the Clippers. At this point, there's there's no way you just bet on this Lakers team, right? Not against the Clippers. I'm even before this terrible start to the season. The Clippers have just had their number. I uh, don't have the number right in here. It's like 31 and 10 or something last 40 games. Wow. Yeah, I, I would just find ways to bet against this Lakers team at all costs. Uh, they've lost three straight games, and uh, they just don't look like a competent team right now. Three more games in Maction tonight. Let's start with Northern Illinois and Western Michigan. We'll call this game a pick em. This is one of those games that they have to play. Uh, <laughs> I, I I would say some nice things about these two teams, but I would be lying if I said nice things about these two teams. This is a I'm gonna be honest. I got a soft spot for Western Michigan. What could you possibly? And it's not. It's not. It's not because Derek Jeter. Okay. Although that it does have something to do with it. Fact is a fact. When I was uh, a younger child, and I had first gotten my whole uh, a hold of the NCAA football video games. My goal was to take the worst team in the game 
and you know build them up until we can win a national championship. And the worst-rated team was the Western Michigan Broncos. Not for long, though. And so it took me several, several seasons. <laughs> but I played with the Western Michigan Broncos for however many years I played the game until I got them to win a national championship. Which, by the way, that game is coming back next year, right? Yeah, I can't wait. Oh, Congratulations, was... by the way. I mean, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. That was such a great game, by the way. I mean, they were. It was much better than Madden. It was every college football was. It had the lateral. It was so dope. Yes, yes. Run the option. You can run the option. Those were fun times. Okay, again, I'm not going to. uh, I I don't have a good feel for this game. Uh, I think Pickham is is the right call here. Uh, I I think that Western Michigan, their off their defense is so bad, but I don't trust Northern Illinois to to finish drives. They've been terrible about that. So this game is a pure pass for me. Let's look at Kent State minus two and a half at Bowling Green. Kent State's in an interesting spot because they have been an explosive offense at times this year. Last week, Dante Cephas, who is their number one receiver and like gets the the massive amount of target shares, like the the lion share. He was out last week. It was a problem. On top of that, their number two wide receiver, Devontae Walker, he left the game with an injury. Now they can't pass the ball. And running the ball is tough against Bowling Green. Both those wide receivers, and this is the thing about college, we don't know if they're going to play or not. We Mm. won't play until kickoff. If they don't play, I think two and a half points uh, is, is very valuable with Bowling Green. If they do play, I think this game should probably be a pick. So... I think I may lock in a little bit of Bowling Green plus two and a half. Hope that they don't play, or and then I've got some value. Uh, if they do play, I think we we've got a pick, uh, a pick 'em type situation. So I, I like Bowling Green in this game. The last game, another pick 'em game, Buffalo and Central Michigan. This is a game a week ago I would have said, oh Buffalo, Buff- Buffalo easy. Yeah, Ohio blew the doors off this Buffalo team, which which. Hurts them obviously for the 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 going to the MAC championship game. Yes, because Buffalo was running through the MAC. They 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 won their first four games in the conference. So now they're in a three way tie for for the MAC East. They have to win this game. That leans me towards them. I don't trust Central Michigan. Uh, they, uh, their offensive line is good, yet somehow the offense not great. Uh, their their tight end got hurt. They've they've got a lot of things working against them right now. Uh, but Central Michigan is good defensively, uh, and they, they can give Buffalo some problems. But Buffalo, their need for this game kind of kind of makes me want to stay away from it. I want to bet Central Michigan, but Buffalo feeling like their backs are against the wall, it, it's going to end up being a pass for me. I If you're desperate for action, I'd look to Central Michigan. I'm a big Lou Nichols fan, but he is not having the season this year that he had last year. He was tremendous last year for uh, – he almost rushed for 2,000 yards yep. last year for Central Michigan, not having a similar season this year. Just a four-game slate on the ice tonight. The Hurricanes are at the Panthers. Florida minus 115, total of 6.5. I think we see some goals in this game. The Canucks are at the Canadiens. Both teams on the second night of a back-to-back. Vancouver minus 130, total of 6.5. Your TNT doubleheader, the Penguins at the Capitals, Pittsburgh, minus 130 with a total of six and a half. And your nightcap, the Wild at the Ducks, Minnesota, minus 170, total of six and a half. If it's John Gibson in net for the Ducks, I don't know how I could back them against a Minnesota team that just is capable of scoring a ton of uh, goals. Plus, is Goldberg injured? Well, Goldberg would be better because John Gibson right now ranks 69th, 69, out of 70 70 goaltenders in the NHL in goals saved above expected. So he would be a guy that I would look to fade. Maybe we should adjust expectation. We love you guys waking up with us here on Straight Out of Vegas AM. We understand that you have many podcasts to choose from to listen as you start your day, and we appreciate you starting your day with us. Now it's a podcast. You could be listening to us whenever you want during the day. Or if you're listening to us in the future, what's the That's awesome. Yeah. Like like that's what's, that's pretty cool. Are there flying cars? Like what happens to me 
in the future. Oh, you don't want to know. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> it's bad. It's gross. But we appreciate you waking up with us, grabbing your cup of coffee, and listening to Straight Out of Vegas AM. So we're going to give you 20% off anything at pregame.com. And the promo code we'll give you today is Java20. We're gonna, this is like, you know, we keep with the wake up theme. I get coffee, it. Yeah, yeah, Java, yeah. right? I'm not a coffee drinker. Are you? I am. AM. I just got that. Uh, you yeah. drink coffee, Mackenzie? Mackenzie drinks coffee. coffee, yeah. Like religiously? I think I would start a religion based on coffee, yes. Wow. Mackenzie drinks more coffee than I do. Do you drink coffee every day? Uh, yes. I drink, Mackenzie drinks every day. More than one cup, Mackenzie? Uh, on a weekday, probably 1.7 average, yeah. What about you? I would say I drink a cup of cop- coffee every other day. Wow. average. I never developed a taste for coffee. But I, I drink energy well, drinks. You're telling That's me you like drinks I, coffee cake, well, I, and you well, never washed it down with a cup of joe? <laughs> <laughs> Mocha joe. Uh, I drink a BCAA energy drink every morning. That's what I drink. It has the same amount of caffeine. It has 100 milligrams of caffeine, which is the same as a cup of coffee. I need that every morning. So I need my caffeine. I just never developed a taste for coffee. But for those of you that love coffee, great. Java 20. Java 20. 20% off at pregame.com. NBA package available from McKenzie Rivers. College basketball available from A.J. Hoffman. NHL package available from myself, Scott Seidenberg. Also, a UFC pay-per-view event this weekend. Yeah, we'll talk about that starting tomorrow. Absolutely get talking about that. You can also go to pregame.com and enter the McKenzie Rivers NBA contest. It's free. Free to enter. Your chance to win $1,000. Go to pregame.com. Click on contests to find the Beat McKenzie Rivers NBA contest. It's simple. The contestant who earns the most NBA units will win $500 cash. And if that winner wins more units than what McKenzie won last year when he won 64.03 units, well, we're going to tack on an extra $500. That's $1,000 cash, and it's free to enter. Pregame.com, click on contests. And remember, the promo code is JAVA20, J-A-V-A-20, for 20% off anything at pregame.com for you, our listeners, to Straight out of Vegas AM. For Mackenzie Rivers and A.J. Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Have a great Wednesday. We will talk to you tomorrow, straight out of Vegas, AM.